Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. All right, here we go. Think again. Think again. Welcome to our Top of Discussion program, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 55th year. Each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, connecting to communities all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President and CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Now, today's program is live, so you can call and you can join our discussion. Hope that you will. Our lines are already lit up. Uh, our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what we've been concerned about might happen. Uh, and is now beginning to happen, and that we hope that we can get a cap on this so it doesn't go any further uh, than it has. And that's uh, the tit-for-tat turning into bat-for-bat, turning into shot-for-shot between uh, the anti-police violence forces on one side and the um, sort of white nationalist, alt-right, you know, American nationalist, uh, support the police, whatever, who seem to think that they're all on the same side of the street. Uh, on the other side, I took this from an article written by Megan Specia, uh, what we know about the death of Michael Forrest Reinhold, the Portland shooting suspect. Let me make this make sense to you. Uh, this was written on September 4th in MSN.com. Law enforcement agents in Washington state killed a suspect on Thursday night in the shooting death of a right wing activist, Aaron da- Danielson, uh, a 39 year old man in Portland, Oregon last week. The suspect uh, for shooting Aaron Danielson was a man named Michael uh, Forrest Reinhold, 48 years old. He was shot by officers in Lacey, Washington, uh, as as they the police there tried to arrest him. Mr. Danielson is a supporter of the right wing group Patri- Patriot Prayer, uh, was part of the of the group that entered downtown Portland, clashed with protesters. Uh, they were firing uh, paintball guns and pepper spray from trucks as they moved through the streets. Uh, and, inve- uh, and, and protesters started throwing stuff back at uh, the, the uh, uh, Patriot Prayer Group. An investigation into videos taken in Portland showed the moment of the shooting in which Mr. Danielson can be seen raising his arm and beginning to, to, to spray uh, a pepper spray type substance. Uh, before the gunshots are heard. I, I want to just quickly pick up on this uh, 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 paintball situation. Donald Trump claimed that uh, when these uh, right-wing, whatever they call themselves, militia-type people, when they started uh, uh, driving through these protests in their pickup trucks and firing uh, paintballs at people, that this was peaceful protest. These are Donald Trump's exact words that these were peaceful protests. They were not bullets, they were just paintballs. I don't know, I've never been hit with a paintball. I've never been in a position where anybody was firing paintballs around me. But the people that I've spoken to say, if you got hit with a paintball, that's not a whole lot different than getting hit with a rubber bullet. You know, you you would feel that uh, uh, very significantly. 
Uh, and if it hits you in the head, you know, or someplace like that, you might be uh, seriously injured. And so if people are driving through a peaceful protest and they start firing paintballs at people, the, pe- the peaceful protest people are not going to take that as a peaceful protest on the part of those right wingers. They would take that as if they're being assaulted and they would respond as if they were being assaulted. And that appears to be how this um, Michael Forrest Reinhold uh, took it when these paintballs are being uh, 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 fired uh, at these uh, uh, anti-police violence protesters. Mr. Reinhold was shot on, well, let me go a little bit further. Um, A police team was in a residential area of uh, Lacey, Washington, uh, a town southwest of Seattle, looking for a homicide suspect. Uh, Though he didn't mention uh, Reinhold by name, Lieutenant Brady uh, said the suspect left an apartment and entered a vehicle where he was approached by police officers. The article says that the police officers then attempted to apprehend him. It seems like something must have gone between they approached, uh, 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 the, excuse me, the, they entered a vehicle where he was approached by police officers. Something must have happened between then and the point that they said that they attempted to apprehend him because they next say there was gunfire, uh, adding that four officers fired their, their weapons and that the weapons or that the suspect was thought to be armed. But it's interesting that nothing in the article indicates that uh, Reinhold fired a weapon, that he even had a weapon at the point where this attempted arrest uh, was being made. We don't really know what is being said because of what's not being said. You don't, you don't know what should have been said in describing this. Uh, the report doesn't say who fired first, Rhino, Rhino was able to get out of his car uh, that the police were firing into. So the police were firing into his car and he was able to get out of the car. He was shot while fleeing. So it doesn't sound from that description that Reinhold himself was firing back at the police, but we don't know. It's not clear uh, whether Reinhold uh, had a gun at the time that the police shot him. Uh, but Reinhold, on a uh, Facebook uh, posting or some uh, social media posting, had stated that we truly have an opportunity right now to fix everything, but it will be a fight like no other. It will be a war, and like all wars, there will be casualties. And that's the consequence of what happens when people start using uh, lethal force. You're going to get force for force. It's not that the anti-police violence people are going to respond to the militia people by running away. The, other, the opposite is occurring. The anti-police violence forces are strengthening up, carrying shields, and getting themselves prepared uh, for a battle uh, with these militia and uh, alt-right and you know, white nationalist forces. Trump and Barr, on a second issue, uh, in an article written by Caitlin Dixon, now that I got about a minute or two here, uh, in a crackdown on Portland protest, uh, entitled uh, an article entitled "In Crackdown: A Crackdown on Portland Protests, uh, State Troopers Are Back, Deputized as Federal Officers." And what the article says is that Donald Trump and, and uh, Attorney General uh, or U.S. U.S. Attorney uh, uh, William Barr have found a way to get around the. Uh, 
the rules on how uh, a deputy, uh, how how National Guard people or or federal forces can be marshaled uh, in cities like Seattle and in Portland and in Kenosha and other other places where there are these large demonstrations going on. Uh, what they've done, the initiative uh, for deputizing state troopers, uh, essentially, it allows them to bring uh, uh, suspects to federal courts for arraignment and prosecution, circumventing local prosecutors. What they do is they deputize uh, uh, state troopers, and by deputizing them, they make them federal agents. Then as federal agents, they can apply federal law to situations that uh, normally would have only had state law applied to them. So someone who may have been uh, accused of vandalizing some property or um, in, in other ways interfering with governmental administration, that case becomes a federal case rather than a state case, and you get a much different level of uh, uh, consequences. Uh, in Oregon, state police officers are deputized as federal officers. They could charge suspects in federal court under federal statutes rather than under local and state laws. Uh, retired police chief Brian Higgins said the practice uh, is not unusual. However, to, uh, it, is, it is new for, this to be, for officers to become deputized uh, for the purpose of protecting federal property. Uh, the concept of using federal, federally deputized officers to pursue federal charges against uh, uh, people arrested for off offenses related to protests is probably a new approach. So I just wanted to, to, to give us a, a framework. There's much of this going on. Of course, you've got Donald Trump celebrating Kyle Rittenhouse as if he's a, uh, a hero, uh, the guy that shot three people, killed two, and blew half the arm off of another one is being celebrated as a hero uh, by Donald Trump. This is what we have going on in this country right now. Let me grab our first call. You got to help me out. We got John in Lockport, then I think it's Tony, then it's Ben. So if uh, let me grab uh, John real quick in Lockport and get his thoughts. John, how are you doing out there? Hi, Nathan. I just want to say, uh, first of all, congratulations on your retirement. Well, thank you. <laughs> I've only been working uh, for 61 years. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, I, I guess I am a loser and a sucker because uh, I'm a Vietnam veteran. <laughs> how did you how did you feel about that? <laughs> the uh, article that came out about yep. Trump and what he what he thinks about veterans. Mm -hmm. I, Biden's got to get the hold of this issue and just don't let it go. I mean, he has to take on the side of supporting the troops. He's got to use his son uh, experience with his son Bo. Mm -hmm. uh, and the bounties on U.S. soldiers and uh, his refusal to uh, 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 take the issue to uh, Putin. Right. You've got to use that. Now, and, and from what you were talking about, about the, about the uh, uh, protests and everything, he also has to con constantly call for law and order, Biden does. He's got mm -hmm. to can't let Trump put him on the wrong side of this issue. It's Trump. This is Trump's America. He is inciting the riots. So uh, Biden has to keep pushing this idea that John, hey, you're right. What I'm he should president. do is he, I'm he not president. You are right. He should be saying that uh, it, four years ago. You know, what did we have going on in the country four years ago? Did we have riots in the streets? You know, did we have people at each other's throats? You know, et cetera, et cetera. After three and a half to four years of Donald Trump. 
You know, we've got uh, protests going on in cities all across the country. We've got uh, revealed racism going on, people getting shot in the back uh, and so on. Uh, we've got uh, uh, people at each other's throats, all under the watch of Donald Trump. More Donald Trump is going to mean more of this. That's the, that, I think that's what you're saying, right? Right, right. And, you know, like it's, it's, the, old, it's the old adage, uh, are you better off now than you were before? There you go. Oh. Yep, that's right. You know, so, uh, but, and, and, you know, Biden needs to travel to some of these places, too. He can't, Trump's going to be going all over the country, and um, Biden has to do that, too. He's got to go to the critical areas. Yeah, he's saying he's going to start doing that now, and I know everybody's afraid of COVID-19, but people yeah. feel better when you come to their state and they can feel your presence, you know, in their their part of the country. So he's going to have to work out a way to get that done. Right. Exactly. Yes. And he needs to put put out a, a concrete plans for his presidency: the health care, college loans, infrastructure. Well, he does. They they they, they, they have a they, yeah. They, they have a ninety nine page uh, uh, sort of a, a, a policy. Uh, a framework that's been written and endorsed by the Democratic uh, Party. They just got to start talking from that script and say, you go to this script and you'll see, here are my plans on this, here's my plans on that, and make people really focus on the fact that he has coherent plans, not like the Republican Party whose plans are, we support Donald Trump. That's our plan. Right, exactly, exactly, yes. Yep. Thanks, John. I got to run. I'm going to get Tony on before we get too far. Tony, how are you doing out there? It's a beautiful day to just be alive, <laughs> even even in in the world of Trump. Any day, any day you're Trump. alive is a good day to be alive. Trust me. <laughs> well, at the age that I'm at, at seventy four years of age, I've seen it all, heard it all, been through it all. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you something. Trump is operating on the principle, and you know this, that you're either a winner. Or, or you're a loser. loser. Yep. He said in 2013 about John McCain that he was a loser. Yep. He claimed that John McCain destroyed planes on deck of a ship, which is totally false. Totally false. Then he did that in 2015. Called him a loser. His own words will get to, will cause him a lot of discomfort. Because he's doing this. Right. We just have to make sure people keep saying those words over and over and over again. That's what's got to happen. Yeah, you got to be like a parakeet. Just repeat it enough times or a parrot. Now, as far as losers, I served in the Army during Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I lost. I lost two cousins. And when I heard what came out on Thursday night, on Gracial Maddow show, mm-hmm. I, I was in tears because not my cousins didn't die for nothing. That's what I say. They had a purpose. They did their job. And that's exactly guy, what Joe Biden said, exactly what you're saying I, now out of his life experience. Right. Okay. Now, let's not forget. I hope you looked up what I told you to last week, or I asked you to. I didn't tell you anything. I have to ask you, Tennessee versus Garner. Mm-hmm. That's the Supreme Court decision, right. which allows the police to shoot somebody in the back. Yep. Under certain circumstances. Right. Now, let me tell you, if you got a pen or pencil, I'd like you to look at this company. Okay. It's called L-E-X-I-P-O-L. 
L E X I P O L. Okay, Lexipol. It is a company that was founded by ex-police officers. It is a company that is that pulls all of the police forces, 8,100 of them, in California. Hmm. And it is a company that try that says its policies keep police departments out of trouble. Well, how do they do this? Lexi Pulse stated that officers could use deadly force to protect themselves or others from any imminent threat of serious injury or death. An imminent threat, the policy explained, was broader than an immediate threat, such as someone pointing a gun. In other words, if the cops said they called an immediate threat, uh, uh, this, this threat, this imminent threat of somebody, they could kill them. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's like a it's, and they born and they. By the way, this company was founded in 2003, and it's won 99 percent of its court cases protecting the police in California. California, 99 percent of the cases it's won. This article that I've got in front of me is Mother Jones. Mm-hmm. And the title says, The End of the Policing as We Know It. It's a September-October issue. Al Nathan, they could get it. And here's another thing that 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 company's policies state. That a police officer who's been accused of something can retire with full pay and pension Mm -hmm. before a court case. That's how they protect them. What, what What I have to ask you. Why in Rochester do we have police pro- these protests three months after what, or four months, five months after what happened? I don't understand. Because they, they didn't they just, tell people that this actually occurred. I mean, other than the family that knew that this, uh, I think his name was Joe uh, Prude, was the brother of uh, Daniel Prude. Other than the family knowing that this had taken place, it never got into the public. The, the police department hid the, uh, 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 the investigation. They hid the video of what took place uh, on that night. Uh, the uh, uh, investigation was then given over to the state. The state bounced it back to them. So they were playing a game as to who was actually doing uh, the investigation, what could be held and what uh, could have been given to the public. It wasn't until a, a week or two ago that this got into the public sphere in the, in the first place. So that's why how you're hearing. It, how did it get into the public sphere? Because the family using that, uh, um, uh, fi- uh, how do you call it, the, the Freedom of, uh, of uh, Information uh, 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 Act, they were or the FOIA, the, the FOIA, right? They were able to get the video, and once they got the video and got it in front of their attorney, then it got into the press. Once that occurred, then you started hearing all of this hullabaloo about it, and they were able to begin uh, to get some support uh, for a real investigation of what took place. From what I can gather, I haven't seen the video. I've just seen the transcripts of what uh, they say took took place. It doesn't sound like this fellow was an imminent threat to the police, but he was spitting. He wasn't spitting at the police. He was claiming that he had COVID-19 and he was spitting on the ground. I think that the police just 
allowed themselves to feel challenged by that. And I think that they were overly aggressive and they ended up uh, making this guy suffocate. It's yeah, hard to well, tell this, from, from what they're, they're providing us. I'm sorry. This is a familiar pattern. I told people and I told someone on our other radio station, what's happened to the Floyd case? Who's investigating that? What's happening with Blake? You know, they, they, there's a law in the state that says it has to be a third party investigating. Mm -hmm. The last thing I heard was that it was the, uh, it was the, uh, one of the members of the, of their, uh, of their uh, police department. Yep. Tony, I got to run. I got to take a hard break here. I pushed past uh, um, my uh, my commercial break time. I appreciate you, man. I'll catch you uh, uh, next week. If you all stick with us, uh, we will see you on the side of the break. Here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Morning. How'd you get in my house, me? Through the air conditioning vent. It's dark in there. Go away. How about some Honey Nut Cheerios? Cheerios. Do I look like a child to you? Honey Nut Cheerios are tasty and can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. Mm. Did you just mmm? No. I'm pretty sure I heard a mmm. It was my dryer. You might want to get that thing checked out. Have a change of heart. Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about Honey Nut Cheerios by picking up a box at your local store. I like a bed that's really firm. I need something a little softer than that. Rest easy. With the Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed, you can both adjust your comfort with your Sleep Number setting. Can it really help me fall asleep faster? Yes, by gently warming your feet. Okay, but can it help keep us asleep? It senses your movements and automatically adjusts to keep you effortlessly comfortable. Sleep Number, proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Save 50% on the Sleep Number 360 Limited Edition Smart Bed, plus special financing and free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Labor Day. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Special financing subject to credit approval. Minimum monthly payments required. See store for details. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN Nazis executed prisoners of war by machine gun, leaving them lying in the snow. In the Pacific, 
our captured flyboys were beheaded by Japanese soldiers, some of whom even practiced cannibalism on their still warm bodies. In Korea, along the frozen Yalu, their fate was to die of starvation and frostbite. In Vietnam, they were roughly bound arms behind their backs until their shoulders dislocated again and again and again. They've been dragged from the burning remnants of downed helicopters and Humvees in Iraq, and they've fought to their last bullet on Afghanistan mountains before being murdered by radical jihadists. And yet... He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? No, Donald, you're wrong. They are heroes because they were captured. Thought we forgot? It is just incredible that a man can be the president of the United States and hold the attitudes that this president has demonstrated. But listen, let me grab Ben in Lancaster and get our calls going again. Ben, how are you doing out there? I'm doing very well, uh, Al. Uh, <laughs> I know it gets exhausting when you hear some of this stuff. Right? <laughs> okay. yeah, I, you know, I just wanted to express a couple of opinions regarding to the coming November election. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is, as far as our economy today, uh, I'm just going to back up, thinking back when I entered the work market in this area. Uh, at that time, we were going through the maturing of the Industrial Revolution, and we had the steel plants, we had the auto workers, we had manufacturing, we had an economy that was really good. At this time, I think we now have a technical and informational revolution and I think the economy for the middle class, for much of it, is good. And I realize, in my opinion, we've got, you know, an upper middle class, middle class, and lower middle class. And the upper middle class really is, is doing well. And just as an example, in this area here, uh, you look at housing. You want to build a house, it's going to cost you $300,000. Mm -hmm. That money is here, $300,000, $400,000. The money is here. You know, it's, it's an indication of the economy we have. Uh, it went through uh, Obama's eight years. It's going through Trump's present uh, time. And that's dis despite Trump, not because of Trump. Mm -hmm. And I do realize that the lower middle class and some of the middle middle class is hurting, just like when we went through the Industrial Revolution uh, the, the blacksmiths were hurting. I mean, that might not be the... the but uh, you're right. As the economy changes over, it doesn't, like, flip evenly. So some people are losing jobs as other people are gaining new jobs. And during that time period, there is some dislocation that occurs in a society. Yeah, and, and my concern is, is, to some extent, is when you look at the upper middle class and they see that they're benefiting from this change, from this economy, from this uh, technological informational revolution, that uh, they're a little fearful if we get a change uh, between the Republicans and Democrats, that they may lose some of that. And I, I really don't think that you're going to stop this maturing of this revolution. They're not going to be hurt. I think those are the people uh, that kind of have to be convinced, hey, you know, don't worry, you're, you're, we've got a great economy. It's not because of Trump. The other, the other opinion I just wanted to express is in regard to the protests in Black Lives Matter. And I'm gonna just going to back up, uh, and I don't know if you saw the protest in Rochester yesterday. I, uh, I read it, but I didn't see it. 
if if it's worth it for you to Google it and just see what was posted on YouTube, I looked at it and I really felt very, very, very bad for uh, for the Black Lives Matter uh, idea because, uh, like I said, I I felt bad in my opinion that what I saw last night it it all it did was turn people off in regard to Black Lives Matter. I do think, you know, I, I, I do think there's a systemic racism in our country, and I do think that it has to be addressed because people are hurting. But it's gotten to the point where when we see the protests, because there's so much violence associated with the protests that we see, that those protests are doing more harm than good in regard to Black Lives Matter. Uh, just like was the, there violence in in Rochester? Uh, there, I, I didn't read that. I got the no, impression I, that it was there was there was me, no violence. Okay, I'll tell you what I saw, uh, and, and of course, you know, this is what I saw. This is what somebody uh, recorded with their camera, whatever. Mm-hmm. I saw people sitting at a restaurant eating outdoors, going by the rules that have been established for Western New York. Then I saw protests come in and get in these people's faces, throw chairs around, uh, knock people's uh, food over. Uh, this is what I saw. And well, to I, the extent, you know, I, I think you're right. To the extent that that sort of stuff occurs, that should not be happening. And in fact, the protesters who are there correctly should try to stop the ones that are doing stuff like that that are incorrectly. And very often, just so you know, the people who engage in that behavior aren't really a part of Black Lives Matter. I've studied these Black Lives Matter uh, uh, protests over the past six months, and other than people being arrested for just being a part of of disorderly conduct because they were a part of a demonstration, no Black Lives Matter members have been arrested for anything, nothing for looting, nothing for, for fighting, nothing for carrying a gun, nothing like that. So it's important that we make that uh, a distinction, but you're right. There's no one has the right to destroy other people's property. Protesting is one thing. Destroying other people's property is not protesting. That's something completely different. And I think that we should come against that. But well, that, I agree, you know, I agree with you 100. percent Right. And I also have the thought that people that are protesting uh, legitimately do some of these things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. And I, the other side of it, though, is that the, 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 the police who do these things, nobody is out here ho- amongst the police uh, 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 departments holding the people in the police department who are doing those things, holding them to account. Thanks, Ben. I hope to talk to you next week. Uh, let me get Al quick because I've got to take a, uh, a world calendar break. Okay, let me get Al in Buffalo. Al, how are you doing out there? Good, good. I think Ben is embellishing a little bit. But anyways... I digress. But anyways, uh, last, uh, I mean, the, didn't the Supreme Court refuse to hear eight cases on qualified immunity, a, a doctrine that makes it hard to sue p- police officers and other officials for misconduct? Mm-hmm. And, and, and as a result, has become like a flashpoint in the, in the, in the nationwide art war over police brutality? I mean, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, 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 there's always this issue about people are protesting too virulently but where is the issue about 
people murdering people and aggravated assault on people and shooting people in their beds. Uh, where's the, the, the outcry over that sort of stuff? Well, how come the government doesn't come against stuff like that? How come the right? Po- you, you, right. Good example would mean would be that story of uh, Mrs. Torres, right? Right. That they, that woman that was what she was sitting in her car doing absolutely nothing, and right. then they she was accused of uh, for for being a carjacker. Yep. And then and then then the police chased her. Yep. And then she brought that to the court or something. It you know in her case, which presents an even more fundamental issue. We already. Uh, uh, on the Supreme Court, it was on the Supreme Court docket, I guess. It had been scheduled to be argued for, but then the pandemic uh, occurred. And then and all they of a knocked it, it down, it just, right. Yeah, then, you know, I, I just don't, everything's been t- tipped upside down, downside up, shaken and stirred into... But I just think it's of, important uh, like that... Like what Ben was saying was that that's, there's, there's no violence. Like, nobody was... That's absolutely, that's BS. I never saw any such a video. But, and if there but was my a point video, is even all over the news. But my point is even if whether I didn't see it, so I can't say as a witness. But even if that did take place, that should not be something that trumps the issue of police shooting somebody in the back who you're holding by their T-shirt and you shoot this person seven times in the back with his children in the back seat of a car and him trying to get to his his children. Just murdered. He didn't die, fortunately, but this man is probably going to be uh, maimed for the rest of uh, rest of his life. Uh, a woman sleeping in her bed. She mm-hmm. never even woke up to know what had happened to her. I know. She, you I know, know, taking a battering ram through the door. I mean, this sort of stuff. Where is the outcry about that stuff? Why is it the outcry always about the protesters protested too loudly? Why is that always the case? Uh, isn't it something? I mean, I remember you wanted me to. Uh, Put it put in the, put it into historical context mm-hmm. from going all the way back to the 17th century when when black folks were were you know by by not by their choosing were forced to come right to, you know right. to a place that they never their culture was taken away from they were they were enslaved and they were considered what three fifths of a human being and and as you go further into you know the Jim Crow era and and all and all that uh, you know like you know. What, what, did, what did Martin Luther King say? An injustice anywhere, anywhere is, is an injustice everywhere. everywhere right? I mean, right. I and, and going going into the historical context, I, I believe when this freshman senator from Illinois became the first African American president, you know, elected twice, I, I think it had an adverse side effect, and right. you know, and I talked about it as culture shock, right? That, I, I think that, that is the 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 the, the lynch the linchpin of what's right. going on in this country right now. Yeah, and, I, and it's Donald Trump is basically, you know, he's taking taking advantage of the worst of humanity, and yep. it's just I don't know, I don't know, I'm I'm yep. speechless. But anyways, thanks right. a lot. Thanks, Al. I'm going to get one more call in before we get to the break. Let me get Kevin in Pendleton. Kevin, how you doing out there? Kevin, are you there? Did you, did I did I run you away? Uh oh. Uh oh, that was Kevin. Okay, sorry, Kevin. Let me get Frank. Frank, how are you doing out there? You ran Kevin away. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, somebody mentioned being exhausted, and that's how I feel right that now. That was me. That was me. Frank, you just can't know. I bad news. <laughs> How much bad news can, how, can, can you take? take? Right, exactly. Yeah, you know, exactly. I was, I was uh, watching videos last night, and 
watching the people, like 200 people a day in Texas getting evicted out of their out of their apartments mm-hmm. and their homes, mm-hmm. and people crying, old women sitting on the hot sun. And, you know, my God, <laughs> how, how did we get here, Nathan? I, I just don't understand. Is it all Trump or is it a, just a... You know we've uh, talked about it Frank. of our society or yeah we we've talked about it and it, there there's an underlying uh, uh current that we just have to accept that uh there is a reaction to this ideation of the country slowly becoming a majority minority country, even though those terms are oxymoronic, but you know you understand what I mean. Uh, the election of Barack Obama twice seems to have gelled in people's minds. Oh, my God, this is really happening. We're going to become, you know, a, a country ruled by black and brown people. And that's going to be our future, you know, forever. A, I don't know why that would make a big difference to you, because the people that are going to defend the democracy in this country most most virulently are going to be those black and brown people because they don't have any other context in which to visualize how how uh, their society should be should, should be governed. Uh, but the other side of it is that uh, this this uh, virulent fear, I think, is rooted in something else that. These people that make up these white militias and these alt-rights and these you know, white nationalists and so on, I think that they believe in their hearts that if these majority-minority people become the rulers of this country, that they will do to them what they have been doing to the majority-minority people over the course of the past two centuries. I think that's what's really going on here. Well, as far as this Black Lives Matter thing, the only violence I see is from the uh, Proud Boys, the Boogaloo Boys, <laughs> the Boogaloo the militias, Boys, <laughs> you know, the uh, police, you know, and, and most of these fires, they've got video proof have been set by, you know, agent provocateurs, but they use this, just like you said, to get away from the fact that police are killing minorities at an alarming rate. And it's and, not, and, it, you know, it, this this Rittenhouse guy, uh, that the shooter in uh, Wisconsin. You know, this guy. If you know, Trump found a niche for this guy. He would have been a school shooter or mm-hmm. a mass shooter yep. if Trump didn't find a niche for him. Yeah, where he could get away with his stuff. The other thing yeah. that, that, that I think people have to understand: no one's claiming that all of the police are, you know, people that shoot folks in the back. Nobody's claiming that. What people are concerned about and, and what's what's uh, riling people is that when the police do things like that, the entire apparatus of the police department and the municipal authorities that they work under seem to all find ways to justify and hide and defend the police conduct rather than saying, man, I'm looking at you murder somebody. You're going to have to fall for that instead of coming at them the same way you would come against a citizen who did something like that. The entire apparatus of the police and and the municipal corporation work to defend the police officer who did that stuff, and that's why you're seeing these uh, very uh, open wounded, you know, kind of reactions 
uh, on the part of citizens. I think that that would be handled if the police and the municipalities would deal with these things in a different way. But I appreciate you, Frank. I got to run. I got to take a hard break. And uh, then we'll get uh, uh, Kevin and then we'll get uh, uh, Ron on. So if you all stick with us, we will see you on the side of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed, and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. It's back to school time. And Radio.com is here to keep you informed and entertained. No matter where your kids are learning this fall. With hundreds of news, music, and sports talk stations. Plus the latest podcasts. And there are so many ways to listen. Staying home? Tell Google Home, Amazon Alexa, or Sonos to play this station. So you won't miss a beat during those Zoom lessons. Dropping the kids off at school? Take us with you by downloading the Radio.com app to listen on your phone. No matter what school looks like for you and your kids radio.com has you covered during these challenging times listening is fundamental to promoting understanding and healing that's why i'm listening is here to help you talk about mental health we feature conversations from celebrities and mental health professionals who share how they manage anxiety depression and other mental health issues Our mission is to combat the universally felt crisis of distance and division by promoting conversations that end the stigma of talking about mental health. Find resources and more information at imlistening.org. That's imlistening.org. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 Watt ESPN 1520. Welcome back to Think Again. Let me grab Kevin and Ben Pendleton and get his thoughts. Kevin, how are you doing out there? Here. Here you hey, are. Yeah. All right. Hey, Al Newton here. I, I thought we had run you that. away. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hope, I hope you don't make that my theme song upon my entrance. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were I, disconnected. I'm, I'm, the last, I'm the last person to be sprinkling Fairy dust, though, as Joe Biden would say, angel dust, right? <laughs> oh, somebody, somebody says that. That's what they claim was going on with uh, Daniel Prude. They said he was, he yeah. was. I, I don't know how, what PCBs yeah. have to do with angel dust, but whatever that means, that that's what yeah. that's what they were when talking he said about. Sprinkle, he's a sprinkling angel dust. I think he meant to say fairy dust, but anyway, that's irrelevant. Side to the point. But I got good news for you, Al Nathan. Here, What's that? I got good news for you, my brother. Okay, it's <laughs> coming November. Yeah. If any of your um, Democrat people that you're backing happens to win, mm-hmm. you can thank me and you can thank a number of other um, individuals when we vote in November. And Why? You're going to vote for Democrats? You, well, you see, what I'm saying is that, well, let me explain. Again, you don't give me a chance to really explain, but you just run with what I say here. <laughs> I'm just it. trying to understand. Okay. <laughs> let me explain what I mean. Okay. Um, well, 
we begin with, you know, because, you know, uh, and thank the individuals who may not be voting this November, even though they have the right to and they, they have a ballot, they wouldn't be voting. So you have to thank us. You know why? Because, and I say just in case, right, any of your boys win. Because, you see, what happens is that this uh, coming November, <laughs> right, a lot of people may either vote a minor party line, and while you may call it a wasted vote, guess what? It may help get your boy across, you know, whoever, your boy or girl, whoever, across the finish line, because that was one vote that didn't go for them. And then it could work the other way, right? And then you have individuals who may not vote at all, because you know what? I just confirmed now that when I look at the two major party leaderships, not the party itself, the leaderships, that through the decades of both major parties, um, I've just realized now that um, not only being different sides of the same coin, but it, I put it down like this. Now I see what was happening now. So um, is, you know, is this your they, point, Kevin, that voting for either party is voting for the same thing? Is that, is that what your, your, your it point basically, is? It basically coming down to, coming so, down to so that. You're not, so you're not going to vote you're not going to vote at all? You'd be just as happy with Donald Trump as you would be with uh, Joe Biden? Being happy? Oh, come on. I mean... I'm just asking you. You're the one articulating your position. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm just saying to you... I ain't going to vote you for Trump. Assume? I told you that already. You have me on record. I'm not going to be voting for Trump. It would be a waste of time because... You, you, you've both, the, both parties have rigged the system to such an extent. But you always do this you, false equivalency, and, and that's, that's no, the problem. Well, We're not well, talking about the same thing. You know, wh- 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 if you're uh, uh, going <laughs> to vote for or not vote for Donald Trump, it's, beca- it's, it's because you, what, what you think about Donald Trump. If you're going to vote or not vote for Joe Biden, it's because I you think gonna... about uh, uh, Joe Biden. If you're not no, going to vote for vote. for you neither, then just say I'm not going to vote for either, and this is why. You know, you don't have to keep painting and these other pictures what? and whatnot. Right. Well, I'm going to vote for neither. Right. I'm going to vote. Right. I'm going to vote. If I do, if I do at that part of the ballot, if I do vote, I'll vote to somebody else. Okay. You're going to vote for Jill the, Stein or someplace. Somebody. Okay. That's Jill good. Stein or whatever. Whoever. You're just going to go for, I, just going to put a, 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 a dart, <laughs> wherever the dart hits, that's what you're going to go for. Okay, Kevin, I got to run. I got to get to a little more depth in that. Let me get Ron up. Ron, how are you doing out there? Sorry, I tried my best uh, to a, get through it. <laughs> got a, things going on here. Can you, oh boy, somebody's at my door right now, son of a gun. Well, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll talk until you get, uh, get, get back. We're, 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 we're going to put you on hold and we'll get right back to you. So let me get Jim in Lockport, and then we'll get Ron back. Jim, how are you doing out there? Hey, how's it going? Nick? Uh, it's going great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was reading an article in the Buffalo newspaper uh, recently about this Buffalo female Buffalo police officer. Who was that, Carrie O'Horn? Yeah, trying to get vindication. I'm surprised somebody hasn't brought this up. Um, here's someone that... Uh, was working the beat and tried to prevent another officer from, I guess, choking. Right. She was afraid that this, uh, I forget the fellow's name, but she was afraid that uh, he he was going to, that this officer Kwiatkowski was going to kill this other man because of the the choco that he had on him. And, but apparently there are police rules that uh, cause she actually uh, had to hit uh, uh, this uh, other Kwiatkowski, she she hit this guy trying to get him to stop 
uh, injuring this, this citizen, and then he struck her. And apparently the way the police rules, you know, the union rules are on, and all of that, uh, she was not able to have charges brought against uh, Kwiatkowski. Uh, I don't know what they did in relation to her, uh, but she ultimately got bounced off of the force. Uh, and then there's been a lot of movement of people trying to get her reinstated, but uh, this has actually gone to the attorney general's office, and the attorney general's office said that they had gone through all that they could go through on the case, and they couldn't change the uh, the decision that was made. I understand that the Brown administration actually offered her a different job that would still be within the purview of the New York State uh, teachers, uh, uh, re re uh, not teacher, but the New York State Retirement Fund. And so she would have get, been able to get the years she needed in so she could get full retirement based on her highest, uh, uh, th three years highest salary. And she turned that down. So the route out for her was made, at least from what I'm understanding, was made possible. And she chose to, to fight it a different way and hasn't been successful fighting it a different way. Wow, it sounds like she's going through some tough times. That's what it looks like to me, and it looks like she got advice from people who said, they, who gave her the impression that she could get this thing solved like instantly by some sort of a court decision, uh, as opposed to the way out that Byron Brown's administration had created. It would have taken her maybe three years to get the time in so that she'd be able to retire at full retirement benefits. She chose a path that turned out not to be the best path, from what I can gather. Yeah, well, fast forward to Minneapolis, uh, if some of those officers would have um, knocked that guy off Floyd's neck, uh, it would have been a little different story. It'd there. be a different okay. story to what we're seeing right now, exactly. And that's why those rules are being proposed, that uh, police officers be held to account that they should stop a crime being committed by another police officer if they're in a position to see it and act on it. Uh, that would have prevented all of these things that we have talked about uh, over these past several weeks. None of those things would have occurred if the police officers had been bound uh, by that kind of a policy. Well, I hope she finds resolution. I'll let somebody get on, but have a nice day. All right. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon, Jim. Let me get Ron and Chitawaga. Ron, how are you doing out there? Sorry to hold you so long. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, I had a grocery delivery come up right at the time you're ready to take my call. <laughs> anyway. It's Murphy's uh, Law. <laughs> so, any case, um, yeah, you know what the scary part about all this demonstration stuff is? The counter-protesters, uh, they seem, the police seem to be in their hip pocket. I mean, yep. it's, you've had several incidents of this now where, uh, in we know, and, uh, um, Kenosha, they were uh, giving them water and they yep. were praising them and that. Now you've got Tony come up there. I hadn't heard about this new organization in California that's supposed to be, I don't know, pro-police that's like defending all their actions and all yeah, this other this, stuff. This is and, what Tony was talking about. Uh, I thought I wrote their, uh, their name down. Yeah, and the thing about it is I wonder how, I mean, we, I Lexapool. guess we kind of always, we always knew that there was this undercurrent but I wonder how advanced it is. I wonder how, well, you know, the secret organizations, uh, you know, uh, secret militia groups within the police. Here's your deep state, if you want to talk about it. Right. I always suspected it within the national security structure. You know, we had in the 60s COINTELPRO and Operation Chaos and all these kind of things. And uh, I'm just wondering how much coordination there is between the national security structure and these local police. And, uh, you know, some of the books that, 
you can tell all books written by, like, Philip Agee and Victor Marchetti, The Cult of Intelligence. Mm-hmm. These groups are acting on behalf of the corporate power structure. You know, uh, Philip Agee went so far as to say the CIA is the, is the corporate uh, police force, so international corporate police force for, for American corporations. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wonder, is this part of this now? Is this now an extension into the p- local police to suppress opposition? Uh, I mean, I just see this 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 uh, culture there, and I, I, that's something I don't know what. It, it, that's why Biden is. Can Biden handle if he does get elected, and if he's, they don't rig the election, can he handle this? Can he just launch a real investigation? What kind of ties do these uh, uh, do these uh, uh, police agencies have with the white supremacy? And what kind of uh, uh, input or coordination could there be between the national security structure? And all this stuff. I mean, that this, this is what when you see this going on, and then of course the media that portrays anybody who opposes anything in this country as unpatriotic, socialist, um, yep. all this kind of stuff. Uh, this is this is not a good situation. Well, remember the whole structure of policing in this country evolves out of the uh, colonial period uh, when you had uh, African enslaved people that had to be policed. Because, you know, there's a lot of room in this country, so you could walk away from a plantation. And there wasn't a lot of structure that would prevent you from being able to walk away and joining the Native Americans if they didn't shoot you, uh, and, and so on. And so uh, the, the, the uh, plantation owners, they commissioned uh, patrols. They, that's what they, uh, I forget the exact word, it was uh, shared with another word, uh, but they called them patrols. And they went around in uh, paddy wagons, and they would uh, go through the, the woods, and if they would find African people uh, that were not under the control of a slave driver or a slave master or a slave owner or whatever, um, they would arrest them, and then they would put them into a lockup, then go find whoever they thought was supposed to be this person's uh, plantation owner and repatriate that person, uh, would, would deliver whatever physical punishment the plantation owner wanted done uh, to those people, that became this, uh, the, the structure of the police departments. Police departments were originally created, or these patrol offices rather, were created for the purpose of controlling uh, the, po- the, the, the populations that were considered to be subject populations uh, in this country. And that went on from the uh, early 1700s onward. They changed their names over the time. They got a little more sophisticated over time. Uh, who they got uh, 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 their pay from over time uh, adjusted, but this was the core basis of these things. And so this this uh, uh, alliance of police uh, with the people who are being, uh, 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 that, that are rather the alliance of the police with the people that are oppressing people, that are exploiting people, that has been the core genesis of uh, police structuring uh, the, the the culture that underlies the formation of police policing in this country for all these years, and so that's why I think we're seeing what we're seeing and why it seems so disconnected. Why would the police not stop somebody from shooting somebody in the back seven times? Why would why would the other police that were there not object to that and uh, do something about that right then and there? Why why does this have to go through some kind of protest movement? to get some redress for this kind of an incident. Yeah, and uh, one other thing here, did you, no one's mentioned so far, the Donald Trump telling people to vote twice. Oh, gosh, I saw that yesterday. 
Uh, I mean, uh, you know, even the attempt yeah. to vote twice is a felony. So it's not, he's, he's saying, oh, we'll test the system out. He's trying to create chaos yeah. by having people come in and have to be rejected, and then he's going to challenge it under court. Um, but, but even to come there, in other words, if you've all, no, you've already, with foreknowledge, mailed in your ballot, and then you come and attempt to vote, that's mm-hmm. a crime. Right. Not the idea of like, whether you vote or not, and they, and they miss it, and they find, no, it's to just do that. Is it, he's telling people to violate the law. And, yep. you know, I, he's got the defenders on right-wing radio. He's got William Barr, the attorney general, saying, uh, when they asked him, isn't this a, a crime? Well, I don't know. He this, 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 he, he wasn't the attorney general <laughs> of the United States doesn't know that it is a crime to even attempt to vote twice. And you know he knows. He's just trying to put on the hits. Ron, I got to run. I got to get Mark on before we get to the end of the hour. Mark, how you doing out there? Hey, Nathan. All right. No justice, no peace. No peace. peace. <laughs> Not a slogan, the cause. Yep. All right, yep. baby. Have a good weekend. All right. Thanks, man. Okay. So, listen, you know, there's so much of this stuff, you know, that's going on. I just wanted to read you a little bit on our uh, our, our president Uh, Wisconsin Governor Mandela Barnes is accusing President Trump of stoking division in Kenosha uh, as a result of the police shooting of Jacob Blake. Barnes said the president celebrated a a teenager who killed two people at the protest. And as I indicated, he also shot another teenager in the arm with a a round that's fired from an AR-15 rifle that he was too young to own because it's illegal in Wisconsin for you to even carry a gun if you're under the age of 18. He did that, and as a consequence of doing that, we end up with the third man who got his arm shot off. He had to have his arm below the elbow amputated. Uh, And so Donald Trump actually celebrated this guy. Uh, And so... uh, uh, Wisconsin Lieutenant Governor Mandela Barnes says that that's not what we need at this moment. Our state is a state that is grappling with some racial tension and racial injustice. And he said that Trump's uh, visit had more to do with his election prospects than justice in uh, Kenosha. This was a state that uh, 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 Trump won four years ago. And the only way that he's able to win is when people are divided. And that's exactly what he's trying to do. It's trying to divide people against one another and not have people unite towards justice. This is what has to happen if we're going to succeed in this country, is to have us unite around justice, to unite around what is right, and to unite against what is wrong. If we do that, we'll be okay as a country. I look forward to talking to you all next week here at Think Again. Think again. been listening to think again with l nathan hare sponsored by the community action organization of erie county be sure to tune in again next week at this same time for more think again